Hello everyone, I just wanted to pop on here before this week's episode and tell you that all the musical recommendations that we have made so far and in f- the future will now be available on a playlist for you on Spotify. The playlist will be called Act One Beginner's Cool Playlist and will have the same cover art as our podcast so it should be very easy to find and we'll also be linking it in our Instagram account. This will include songs from our musical shuffle of the week, our musical recommendations and any standout songs from the episodes that we want to add in there. We hope you enjoy it and find it as a good way to maybe listen to more musical theatre, discover something new and we hope you enjoy it. Enjoy the episode. This is your Act One Beginner's Call. Act One Beginner's. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode four of our Act One Beginner's Call podcast. I am Gigi. And I am Olivia. Is this fun? I, I liked your switch up of kind of tone Did you? in that welcome this week. Oh, fantastic. Less, less nice like difference. a game show host, more like Oprah. Yeah, you're kind of, it's a bit more I'm a human being that knows how to be a human being instead of uh, I'm a robot pretending to be a human well, being. Well, thank you very much. I'm learning. Um, so, <laughs> so first of all today, I would like to issue an apology. <laughs> you don't know much of the context for this. So in uh, the Cats episode we filmed, which was the spontaneous episode, which we call 2.5 quite lovingly, haven't we? Yes. Um, I talked about a Q&A I'd been very lucky to be involved in with Emma Hatton, who has been Elphaba in Wicked and Ava Peron in Evita. And she was... T- so I talked about, in the Angelo Weber concert, Michael Wall performing Gethsemane, and I was annoyed about he didn't hit the high notes, but I liked how he performed it. Mm. And she was talking about how she felt like because she couldn't hit the notes that Evita sings in some of the show because she isn't a soprano, she was saying how she lowered the part but then performed the hell out of it, like with a lot of motion and stuff like that. And then but her understudies sang those high notes, but she felt like she didn't have to prove herself anymore because she had got that role. She didn't mm. need to prove herself. So I'd like to issue a partial apology to Michael Ball. And I say partial because it was a concert and they should have chosen someone who could sing those high notes. But if it was a yeah. performance and he had the role of Jesus, I do not have the right to say you have to sing the part as written. So uh, we record podcasts about a week in advance for when you'll hear them. It's just how we've done how we it so that we're always... It's because Gigi is a full-time key worker and I am about to go into a key working position. So we need to keep ahead of ourselves. Let's clap clap for key workers for a minute. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But so what we're talking literally just after episode two's gone live. So you can kind of see the dissonance, but... um, my mum was playing me the version of Gethsemane that Michael Ball did at the concert they went and saw, like, a year ago, yeah, two years ago Abby now. Bay. Yeah, at Thetford. And he, it, they sh- she showed me Gethsemane, and it is a much better, stronger version. Mm-hmm. So would recommend 
going and looking at Michael Ball now doing it. Also, with uh, in regards to that, when I was looking up Patty Lapone, as I like to just Google and read Wikipedia articles sure. for varying musicals, I find that. it just quite fun. And I was reading about ba- Patty Lapone's time in Evita, and I can't remember the exact quote, but she basically described it as a living hell, like <laughs> in the worst years of her life and the worst months of her life, because. She was expect she I think she said that she was screeching her voice out every wow, night yeah. to try and hit those notes. And I think she described I think she said that it was a show written by someone who hates women <laughs> for trying to make her reach those notes. But it's kind of true. So because a lot of shows yeah. so Heather's I was just immediately came to my mind written by men. Think mm. people other than Barrett will but we can sing those notes. Yeah, and even then, no offence to Barracks, I do love her and I think she's amazing, but she does kind of yell. She does, the and notes she damaged her voice because of it. Heathers. Yeah. So it is that thing where you, as much as it's meant to be a wow, amazing moment, mm. you can't blame actors when they decide to lower and change roles no. to suit. Like Carrie Hope Fletcher did. To save their voices as well. And I think that because Carrie has immediately booked a show pretty much after finishing Heathers, not too far after finishing yeah. Heathers, she's shown that she can sustain her voice that long, whereas Barrett mm. didn't have a show for about a year, like longer than Carrie has, and she only yeah. just got Mean Girls. So And Carrie was pretty good at taking breaks in the Heathers run if yes. her voice was weak. She wouldn't push herself to sing mm. despite it, so... Uh, and the yeah. section that Emma Hatton was talking about in Evita is in A New Argentina. Um, yeah, I know. It goes uh, super, super high. He supports you, he loves you. He Yes. And he, uh, I know, she's like talking on the radio and stuff. Yeah. I could like act it out for you if you so Oh, if only, if only this was a video cast, <laughs> Olivia. If only I had the voice of Patti Lapone and I could sing for you right now. <laughs> um... So yeah, I'm not gonna. <laughs> so that yeah, that was my apology. I'm very sorry. Okay. Music Thank you for that people. apology. It's only a partial one. So the main point of this podcast, this episode, is a segment, a very long segment, of mistcast and mishaps. Olivia. Let's start with mm. the latter. Have you had any mishaps? And I'm sure there have been plenty being on the tech side. Because you're you're kind of like the the underbelly of the whole operation. Yeah, so I don't think I've caused any mishaps myself directly. Sure. To my knowledge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to your knowledge. <laughs> well, I've just because I haven't been the direct cause of something doesn't mean I haven't been present when so many things have gone wrong. I've got the entire oh evening. Uh, Go for it. I go for it. Okay. So we'll start with the earliest one in my Hold history. On. This is going to be a long monologue, guys. Buckle Here we in. go. So our school, when I was in my gap oh, year, Christ. our school did Chicago. Don't remind me. And it, I personally loved it. I quite like our school shows. For, for context, is I played Amos in this school show. Yes. The highlights, it would have been I said. like your oh, Amos. Thanks. And I actually... Including when I can... uh, I it's a song I tend to skip through, but I really on. liked it when you did oh, it, and thanks. I looked I looked forward to it when you did it. Oh, cheers. Um, 
But no, I really... Because we went to an all-girls school, Chicago was one of those shows that was just, like, it actually worked really yeah. well. And I I think... Yeah, I think it was a great show. And Joe, the school's technician, uh, the overlord, <laughs> as he calls himself, yes. uh, who was the guy who kind of... He was a mastermind and the genius, wasn't he? Yeah. So he did, like, he was everyone in the production team effectively aside from costume. like co- uh, costume yeah he did set he did lights sound he basically just built the show why didn't he play roxy up. is the question i think we should be asking yeah honestly but we had a band on stage yeah. in like the middle direct bang middle of the stage in like a v uh, upstage at the back yeah in like <clears> a v and the uh conduct our musical director one of the music teachers she had her back to the audience and to the stage the rest of the stage so in order to time students in to some of the songs the students needed to be able to see her even if their backs were to her and they were like at the front of the stage so we had a contraption where we basically had a video recorder at the back of the band Mm -hmm. There was like a walkway above the back of the band where uh, actors would walk along, stand and sing. And kind of on the footpath of that, taped to a side <laughs> uh, railing bit, was just a video recorder that looped to the projector, which was facing the back wall of the uh, hall, which then projected the conductor. It was a great way to do things on the fly and quite cheaply. Yeah. Um, and it worked fine for the two, the first two shows, but the third show in the run, the third and final show, I swear to you, the first act is the most stressed I have ever been in a show. For various reasons. And including Joe. Joe, who has like 20 years of experience He's in the industry. Yeah, he looked at me at the interval and was just like, I think I may quit after that. <laughs> it was just so... We kind of looked at each other and I was like, how did we survive that? <laughs> um, a student or maybe a band member knocked the camera recording oh, uh, doing the live feed and a wire kind of m- missed it. Instead of cutting out the camera, it was basically sent through a blank white screen. Yeah. So the back of the hall in a pitch black room filled with bright white light. It was fantastic on stage. Yeah. And the students, bless them, didn't have anything to cue them in. They just literally had to go go off what they thought for yeah. it and just let the band catch up. And they they actually did perfectly. I don't I didn't really notice any kind of big issues. And but that was just one of many things we had. Oh, the same performance. I think it was like after the same performance, second or third lighting cue. I hit the master cue button. And suddenly the stage was filled with a red wash. Yeah. And I couldn't get the red wash to go away. I would hit all the cues. There was just an underlying <laughs> red wash. And I was just like, I can't get rid of it. And you would slide up the red LED, uh, the LEDs to the top and then bring them down to try and remove the colour. And they would go away. But then as soon as you press the next cue button, they would appear again. And you're just like, what? And then, But if you hit a blackout, which was the key thing, they just didn't go down at the no, blackout, so I had to do the master cue and also ride the master fader. So I would bring manually all the lights down and up at the end and start of a blackout. Yeah, 
but I it took us ages to work this out because at the first at the end of um it must have been at the end of Funny Honey when uh what's his name is killed Fred Casey Fred yeah yeah when he's killed he's got like a sheet over him oh I yeah and Amos and the uh, detective are there kind of talking. We were, yeah. And then at the end of the scene, it's meant to be a blackout so that that uh, student could stand up and walk off. Yeah. And it just, it went to blackout in every other light apart from the red wash. So this poor student had to just kind of get up, not sure what's going on. And just kind of walk off stage with the sheet. And I was like, I am so sorry. It was this, the same, it also, the same moment was from, from a yeah. stage perspective. So I was about to come on with um, Lizzie yeah. who's a detective Sergeant Fogarty that was the name and our drama teacher bless him he <laughs> there was silence right because the band has stopped playing and I was like come on wait come on he was like no 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 we have to wait for the lights I was like they would come up by now <laughs> do you need to go on stage <laughs> and so I went screw it and I went on stage and then started talking yeah no but also, my biggest annoyance was the start of Cell Block Tango was done in... <laughs> I loved how Joe had programmed Cell Block Tango. Yes, it was good. It was really moody, it was really cool at the front, and it was completely ruined by this yep. red wash. Luckily, the red wash runs through the theme of Chicago, so even if the scene doesn't need it, it's not the it's not... like weirdest yeah, looking thing. it doesn't jar. Thing. If it was like bright green, you'd just be like, <laughs> what the hell? But no, I was, and it just, the camera got knocked really, like, it was must have been, like, halfway through. It was quite early, I yeah. think. And it just, all, everything was going wrong. I, and then we literally, I think Joe literally t- turned the lighting off desk and off and on again at the interval. Like, he literally powered down the desk. Yeah, because we started late. then, that one. yeah. But the second act was the smoothest it's ever gone. Joe and I looked at each other at the end of the show and just went, that was the easiest second act ever. All the lighting cues were bang on time, if I do say so myself. The sound mixing was just so easy. It Everything went perfect. After the most hellish act one, act two was just was sick. Was so plain good. sailing. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, um... It's the most stressful night. <laughs> um... What's your earliest mishap? Oh my god. That you can remember. Earliest mishap. Oh. This isn't an earliest mishap, but one I've mentioned briefly that is just hilarious. Um, so I was doing a production of Spring Awakening, which is a lovely show, and we were doing a song called The Bitch of Living, where we are all jumping on tables, very Matilda-like. And I remember thinking, this table's really wobbly. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're doing it so I was playing Ilsa in the show at this point and we were kind of just jumping around and everyone's going a bit berserk and then I jump onto the table and I already had a really bad feeling about it because it moved but then I went to this really like drop high kick thing in the air like like a jump yeah I went straight through the table <laughs> <laughs> but did I stop oh, no 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 <laughs> I was dancing I was like throwing my arms everywhere. It was quite entertaining. Let the audience know that Gigi is dancing <laughs> very unprofessionally right now. Very erratically. But that was fun. I bet the rest of your pe- the cast were just like, whoa, okay. 
just have fragments of a table now on stage. <laughs> but um, just while I'm, I, we're on a Chicago theme, in the same production mm. of Chicago, I was starting the song Mr. Cellophane, and I had been given these white gloves. Oh and yeah, before, and I'd never ever practiced with them before the first show <laughs> because the properties. This is my favorite thing. The to properties watch team just didn't think we need to find these white gloves for her to practice, and they went, "Oh, she's like mm. the oldest student in the show. She'll know what she's doing." I'm like, "Yeah, definitely." So, <laughs> and then I feel these white gloves, and you'd think like normally the person who plays Amos. They have rug not rugby ones, but like you know, like if you play cricket or something, and like like oh, like they're yeah. suede or like they're they like solid. Oh no, these were like mime artist gloves. Yeah, like they magi- were floppy, like think they were cheap magician gloves. Cheap and see So <laughs> on the first show, I I couldn't get one of them on. So I was going mm. on oh, what are the lyrics, something something inconsequential, me and I had them on. Yeah. I couldn't get one glove on, so it was half off. And then as I was going, thing, I just pulled the glove and went like a yank. And then it was fine. It was all fine. The second show was the one all my mates were coming to. And so mm. I knew they'd joke about it anyway. So for this show, the gloves went on. But not all the fingers went on. So I had two of my yeah. fingers in one... In one finger slot I remember that quite vividly <laughs> it was like this little floppy little floppy thing honestly Mr Cellophane had basically no lighting no. cues so I would just watch it each night and whenever she got the gloves out I was like this is great I'm just watching her struggle and then I just remember the floppy finger doing jazz hands with like these creased gloves and then the drama teacher from before who didn't come on stage, bless him, love him, uh, he mm. he then said, just put talcum powder in them. And I thought, okay. Yeah. So I managed, you know, I was on stage, I managed to get them on. Halfway through, I have to clap with talcum powder. So I went, I, I, knew, I saw it coming and I clapped and a huge puff mm. of talcum powder came out the gloves and up into my nose. And it was the most uh, moment of my life, I think. Because I was wanting to yeah, sneak. It, it was, was like, a... like having a seizure whilst chopping onions. <laughs> it was like, oh. oh. Anyway. I just love, that's one of my favourite things about being on lighting, is that you're often at the back of the hall and you're just watching stuff. Yeah. So during Little Shop of Horrors, I think it was closed for renovations, we had a sign that would uh, up and... Uh, up in the fly area and it would come down like one of my friends on the stage team was in charge of dropping it each night she could never get it right bless her it always came down fine but it was either too slow or like literally dropped like a stone there was no in between and it was just the funniest thing to watch like what is it gonna be this night (laughs) Uh, back to you olivia uh any university mishaps oh a lot okay so if anyone's worked with radio mics, they know that they are the most temperamental things ever. And just, if they weren't so useful for musical theatre, I would banish them. <laughs> they never work. So this is skipping ahead from a big 
mishap that happened, but it was less to do with tech and more to do with actual the actual show. But during one, the sightest and part of their show choir had a, they were doing their second show run of the year around late February Mm -hmm. time. And it was the second and final show because it was only two nights. And during the interval, they were swapping over mics because the first song of Act 2 was Ex-Wives from Six. Yes. And so all these six girls had their mics on. They'd just been... uh, moved from the old cast members and i went to just double check them one last time before they were gonna go on because they were literally it was meant to everyone was in the auditorium waiting for it to start and i went to power on one of the packs and it literally just died in my hand the screen went orange and then it like lit up with orange and then slowly the orange faded to black in my hand and I just went well I've never seen that happen before <laughs> and I just kind of looked at it and I kept trying to turn it on and off again God. and it just wasn't it just it had just literally decided to break in my hand and I had to call for uh the sound designer Josh who was also just he was a company technical manager of Footlights and I was just I just called him on my phone going ah so Josh uh not to worry you or anything um, but one of the packs has just not turned on. And we were literally meant to be starting at that exact moment. He was just like, I'm coming down. <laughs> he came down and he literally just looked at it. And I managed to turn it on and then it died again. It faded to black on the yeah. screen. And he was like, yeah, I've never seen that do that before either. <laughs> so we luckily had a spare radio mic. It It was just, it was that thing where I was like, I don't know how we're going to do this next act, act if this whole pack dies on us. But So that was... We we love radio mics. And when I was doing Spelling Bee, uh, the radio mics... Oh, my gosh. One night, radio pack 10 would be fine. The second night, it would not be working at all. <sighs> and then, like, the first night, radio mic 4 wouldn't be working, but then it would work the rest of the run. It's just... They kept just, they kept changing. None of them would work the same the next day, even if we didn't touch them at all. It, How annoying. It was annoying. <laughs> yeah. We love it. We love we tech. We love tech. Would you like another anecdote from my end? Yeah, go for it. Hit me. Well, in year seven at school, I played bottom in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, yeah. God, that's a throwback. That is a throwback, isn't it? I mean, it was such a... I had an amazing costume. I had a full-on toga and a brown furry cloak. I still have it somewhere. Lovely. In the play... So, if you don't know the play, I hope you do, if you go into theatre. But um, Bottom is turned into a donkey by Puck to fall in love... No, Titania falls in love with Bottom as a payback for, you know, dissing Oberon or whatever. You know, fairies. Mm -hmm. And, um... At the end of the play, Oberon has to say the line to Puck, Puck, take off this head. And my dear friend Lydia, who was playing Oberon, just didn't say the line. Yeah. And the girl playing Puck just (laughs) thought, I'm not going to take it off. So I was lying down, like, on the the garden, like, because we're doing it open air, in, like, on wet grass, because it had been raining. And I had to kind of get up, but I was like, hang on, I'm wearing a donkey head. And I had to shuffle do an awkward kind of <laughs> manoeuvre on the floor and then mm. suddenly oh I've got I've got no donkey head 
Sick. Oh, magic. <laughs> we love a good mishap. What, what was that one you were telling me about where you had to rewrite Act 1 for a show you did? Right, so this was Spelling Bee, and I had nothing to do with this mishap, but I had to watch it. But So if you don't know the musical Spelling Bee, which I highly recommend you do, because it is... It's so funny, and it's also quite hot. Like, it's quite yeah, just it's touching in its sincerity. Uh, also, the I Love You song from Spelling Bee oh, is beautiful. probably one of my top three favourite musical theatre songs. So if you don't know Spelling Bee, it's revolving around a spelling bee, is literally no the title. Way. And you've got these... It's got these uh, kids participating. But what it also has is audience participation. We love audience participation. Yeah, so in the Broadway version, they would basically ask people on their way into the auditorium, would you be okay potentially being called up on stage? And they would like fill in a questionnaire telling them their level of education, their knowledge on spelling, how good of a speller they thought they were. And then, I can't remember how many, it's like four or five get picked to go on stage. And effectively... There's a whole, there are whole sections in the script that are ad-libbed and basically they will talk to these people and then right before the show they will write a list of lines. So it's, it's like, uh, like kind of the common ones are Mr. Smith has the birthmark shaped like Taiwan and stuff like that. Something really random and it will often be quite funny and it will make the person on stage laugh and... It's, but it's all ad-libbed and you can't control what these people will spell. So there are guidelines in the script. One of the first uh, words an adult, one of the participants should get is an easier one so that they should be able to spell it. And so we were following this and it kind of was working, kind of not. And what I basically learned is that it's quite shocking how many university students don't know how to spell atheist. Because that's the easy word they tell you to use. And it's quite... An e I think it's one of those words that I can understand if people misspell it because you're not thinking it through fully. True. But it is literally A-V-ist. Atheist. That is literally it. Yeah, it's pretty phonetic, yeah. isn't it? So many people got knocked out on that word. <laughs> and it's meant to be the word that people stay in. And so there are these different goodbye songs. You'll hear it in the soundtrack. For, so after each contestant that gets knocked out, they'll have a different chorus uh, version of saying goodbye. It's structured in a way that whilst you can't control if they will get it right or wrong, you can control when you call them and how it revolves around the rest of the script. It's actually quite clever in how it's written. You have to give uh, William Finn a bit of credit oh, for Finn. it. But... Our final night, it was literally packed. We had people sitting in the aisles. It, we didn't really have set seats. You couldn't move at all. And I had the two directors and the uh, president of the society stood behind us in the tech area. We literally had like a little yeah. table where me and Chris, the sound designer, were stood at the table and we had a tiny bit of space behind us where they, the two directors and president were standing. So we had their energy batting us but at one point the very last audience participant got knocked out mm. and they go through the whole motions they sing the final uh goodbye for them and then we kind of just look around and go oh no that's not meant to happen now 
we still have like a song before they're meant to be knocked out. There's a whole bit of text before they were meant to leave. And it was literally that thing where I could see everyone on stage just suddenly look at each other and go, shit. <laughs> and I was looking at them and I, I, at first I was a bit unsure and I looked at my lighting cues and I just went, yeah, no, we're in the completely wrong area right now. And I had no idea what they were about to do because it had literally rewritten the last 20 minutes of the play if they had kept on with it. They would have to convolutedly rewrite it in their heads and everyone just go along with it but this one guy who plays chip because chip is meant to be knocked out before the last audience participant that's how it's meant to go chip is still on stage and we're like ah (laughs) no that's not good and charlie he literally just pulled out because they have a dictionary prop in their bags from my friend the dictionary song and he literally just flicked through and some, one of the comedy bits of Spelling Bee is that loads of the words chosen aren't kind of fake yeah. words, but you just have to go along with it. And he literally just flicked through and went, uh, excuse me, but this word isn't in my dictionary and therefore it's not a real word. And so person number four shouldn't have been disqualified and should in fact still be in the competition. <gasps> and that person literally was just told to get up and get back That's on stage. That's such a good cover. And it went on as normal. But if Charlie hadn't thought wow. on his feet, literally in a split second, because it would have changed the music and the MDs at the back with the band behind like a curtain, so they couldn't really see anything. There's no wings because it was all in like sure. an open room. So there was no wings. They could just go off backstage and double check things. If it wasn't for Charlie just coming up with well it on the spot, done, Charlie. everything would have had to change. But yeah, he saved it. It was all good. And it turned out to be a great show, but... It was a bit of a mild panic attack because you just suddenly went, oh, <laughs> uh, I'll give you one more anecdote. You ready? Go for it. So we were doing, I was playing Brooke Wyndham in Legally Blonde as a medley of songs. Great role. Good role. Fantastic role. Absolutely exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been so exhausted in my life. We were doing Whipped Into Shape and I get the mm. skipping rope and we're doing circle, circle, I know, I'll run again. And then I hear a scream from behind me and someone's oh, no. skipping rope has just whipped someone in the in the <gasps> face and they're gushing and they're bleeding. <gasps> oh no! <And> I, <laughs> I couldn't work out who it was. And it was the guy playing Callahan. <sighs> and so then and then we had the scene where we talk in the in the prison and I had to sit there kind of he, he couldn't do anything because he was about to literally come on stage so they were, they were they just saw him with towels and he had a massive line across his face and then he came on and I just I went I have to think of my feet I can't not address this yeah. because, and I went oh god what happened to you hun and he was like I've been in the wars <laughs> <laughs> like he was about to go full dramatic monologue so that was quite fun another incident of the skipping rope was that I caught my foot and literally put my leg so it was like against my back and I don't bend that way so I went oh, again <laughs> I honestly fun. whenever I look at whipped into shape I just it's tough that's like another that's like watching physical torture as well it's one of those things where you go why did you decide why? that was a good idea <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a nice session of mishaps 
I think yeah. we should now move on to Miss Cast. So, Olivia, I know you are a techie, as everyone's aware, but if you could play any traditionally male role or a role you couldn't play for any other reason, what mm. would you play? Kind of, what's your top three? Give us three. So, my top one is one that I know I've told you previously, and it's a bit of a basic one, and I may have alluded to it before, but... My one has to be Marvin in Falsettos. Mm -hmm. I love that character. I love his arc. I love that he's not a good cookie-cutter character. He's not your main... Cookie-cutter? Yeah, you know, your um, kind of stereotype. You're perfect. I like that phrase. Nice phrase. But he's not this main character that's perfect and you... You just like he has his flaws. He's actually quite a bad character in some yeah. ways, uh, but you see this progression of him throughout the show, and I just—he uh, also just has great songs. He does um, so bangers, and I love—I love that role. So I um, think I—it's just going to be a whole list of Christian Borle stuff. What can I uh, say? What you're, he's what played you're great stuff. He has. Can I wait? Can I guess? Go for it. One of them is Shakespeare. Yeah, that was it. I love William Shakespeare from Something Rotten. I. It's a god. He it, it's what it's literally the epitome of not in a show much, but when he's on stage, you love it. He's a part of it. I think he won Best Supporting Actor for it. Maybe I can't remember now, but it's he has willpower, hard to be the bard. It's just, he is such a fun character and just so cap and just so, <laughs> yeah, I, he is, he's my favourite character in Something Rotten. Something Rotten is, again, a banging show, which I cannot recommend enough. And it's coming to London, not, yes, London now, or the UK now. Is it? Yeah, it was announced. I'll just double check the theatre. Was <laughs> it? Oh my gosh, I haven't heard I this. I tagged, yes, yes you have, I told you it. Did you? I tagged you in it on Facebook, Birmingham Rep. It's going to be the Birmingham Rep. Okay. I don't remember that, sorry. It's so rude. We tag each other in so much stuff, we though, do. that That's I very lose true. track of things. And then, I don't know. I love Emmett Forrest and Legally Blonde, but I, if I could, I would just be... If I had the voice, I would be Elle Woods, because I just love that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what my third one would be. Uh... Maybe Che from Evita. Nice. Because I do like angry revolutionary who's just annoyed at things. Perfect. Yeah, I think Che, yeah. Nice. What about you, Gigi? What about me? Oh, so JD and Heathers. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Because it's just such a fun character that you can't help but love. I would also play Fiero in Wicked. Okay, yeah. I do love that show. And probably Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar. Because there's such a vocal range on that character and it's Yeah, Judas so is a good fun. role. But then I would like to sing Gethsemane, so probably either Judas or Jesus. Or both. Or both. <laughs> Should be both. Like, just, just one side cut, cut, yeah, I put my face in half. <laughs> just <laughs> um... Uh we have actually well I have prepared uh, a dream casting of a show. 
And like always, I have not. <laughs> I have left it to the last moment and we'll do it on yeah. the fly. So we said to each other we would dreamcast two Starkid musicals, if you're not familiar with Starkid. It is basically a theatre company that write their own shows. Uh, they're very exciting, very cool. It's a, it's a very dedicated fan base. Everything you wish for in the theatre industry is what Starkid do. They write yes. their own stuff, they're original. It's funny, but it's also emotional. Very clever. And they stream yeah. it. They put it online so you can actually watch it for free. Yes. And that's why they have such a big support. And Starkid was the starting point for Darren Chris, who I will come to in a minute, for my choice of dreamcasting. And people like Mariah Rose Faith, who's in the Mean Girls tour in America. Yeah. So, should we start with... Hang on. Should we do, let's do rock, paper, scissors. And that's the person who go first, because I like democracy. Oh, no, Whoever? but I have nothing prepared. Right. Uh, Ready? Ready? So, rock. Yeah. Paper. <laughs> Let me actually say it along with you. So Ready? We... Rock, paper, rock, paper. <laughs> this is so hard with the latest. It's because you're you're waiting for me. Ready? So you need to just say rock, it. Rock, paper, paper scissors. scissors. Rock. I <laughs> Okay. You did it below the camera, so you just looked at me, and I was like, "Well." <laughs> Ready? Rock. Rock. Paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. <laughs> it's so cheap. <laughs> rock, rock, paper, paper scissors, scissors, shoot. Shoot. Hey. Oh, I didn't want to win. Do you want me to go uh, first? Yeah, you go first. So I've done a dream casting. I've gone with every single character. So you can just cut as you see fit. I've I'll, done I'll every, steal off you. Yeah, I've done every single character in a very Potter musical with kind of what's considered mainstream musical theatre actors from both West yeah. End and Broadway. So yeah. Harry Potter, who was originally Darren Chris, and he wrote mm. a lot of the show as well, I put Rob Halchin. What's he be then? I'm really he's bad be- at actors by their <laughs> names, unless I know them. <laughs> he's been Marius and Les Mis, Lights okay. the Piazza with Dove Cameron. Okay, he's I can't, yeah. I can Eugenius, kind of Eugenius, who's the uh-huh, leader there. Yeah. Um, Ron Weasley, Andrew Rannells. I just think that'd be hilarious. (laughs) Such a weird... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. And then I've gone for Hermione Granger, Emma Hatton, who I just think... She is one of the most down-to-earth humble people. She'd be fantastic. Uh, Ginny Weasley, Ava Noblezada. Ooh, okay. Nice one. Mm, With a ginger wig. With a ginger wig. With a a cheap ginger wig. Oh, yeah. Draco Malfoy, you're going to like this one. Christian Ball. <laughs> yes. He's going to be playing in mine, because that's the one person I definitely know who I want in mine, and I have the perfect role for him. Do you know? Um, yeah. And then just continuing, Quirrell, Alex Brightman from Beetlejuice fame. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Or maybe stealing that one, actually, yeah. Mm, rude. Uh, Voldemort, Alex Newell. Who, uh, Once on this island. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Fantastic. Also Glee. Mm-hmm. And then Dumbledore, Jeremy Jordan. I think that'd be quite funny. Snape, Jonathan Bailey. After seeing him as Jamie and company, I just think that would kind of work. Yeah. And then Cho Chang, Laura uh, Osnes, if that's how you say mm-hmm. your name. Bottom, Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> and then Rumble Raw, Jonathan Groff. Yeah, perfect. 
and then Dolores Umbridge. I know it's not in the original Harry Potter musical, but, you know, a cameo part, Patti Lapone. Perfect. And that is my dream Perfect. casting. Okay. So I decided to do Trail to Oregon, partly because it's a small cast and partly because it's one of my one or two favourite Star yeah. Kids shows. I love it. I was debating with Christian Boyle whether I wanted him to be the Jeff Blim character, the father, yep. or whether uh-huh. I wanted him to be the Jerry Richter <laughs> character as like the conven- like the guy who multi roles as the yep. convenience store, the was it Bandit King? Yes. I can't remember so. it now. I think Bandit King. I don't know. But it Jerry as well. Richter's role. Uh, yeah. but I think Christian Ball would be best for the Jerry Richter role, like the multi rolling. Yes, because it's that. literally when he's doing it, it it I love it. And he, he Christian Ball, he does really well at character characters that have yes. and yeah. comedy as well. So in in the Little Shop of Horrors, he recently did. He was the, the dentist. dentist. Oren, what's his name? They're called de- Oren. Oren. I yeah. just you just forget what dentist. No, no, called. I knew he was the dentist, but I didn't want to call him the dentist because I knew he actually <laughs> de- had a name, but I couldn't remember the name. <laughs> Oren Scribella. But then he MD. also does a few of the roles later on in the show. If you hear in the cast recording, yes. so he can multi-role. He can do characters in incre- and also, oh, the bit where he comes out in the lobster bit and goes hello, titty mitty. Chef's kiss, perfect. Christian Boyle would kill it. So we're doing that. He's that role. <laughs> that means that means who does Jeff Blim? Because Jeff Blim can really only do Jeff Blim. But I think once you said it. Alex mm-hmm. Brightman could do it quite well because he has that mm. kind of chaotic energy about him. So I feel yeah. like he would bring something new because you don't want a Jeff Blim copycat. You want someone who brings something new. So no. we're going to yeah, go with Alex Brightman. Stealing that one. Thank you very much. No problem. I think for because you name the characters at the start of each show, I'm going to have to call them by either their show, their names in the recorded version or their actors' names. But Go for the, the son is played by Lauren, who plays Draco Malfoy. But for the son, I think I'm going to go with Ethan Slater. Oh, that'd be a nice choice. So Ethan Slater of SpongeBob fame, I feel could do a good chaotic yeah. energy like Lauren. Now for Mouthface, which is the daughter role played by Jamie Lee Beatty in the show. I don't know. Um... The two female ones I'm actually kind of stuck on. I think the mother role, I will go with Amy Atkinson. Because she can kind of play the funny role, but also turn around and then be emotional. So we'll go with her. And then for the daughter, hmm, who do I want as the daughter? Stephanie J. Block. No, we're lying. (laughs) Stephanie J. Block is the mother because that's the perfect one. I'm sorry, we're doing that. She's the mother uh you have literally five cast members prepare i planned the entire yeah well i don't do people okay um (laughs) we'll have lin-manuel miranda as grandpa because that would be yeah and him playing off christian ball would be great be entertaining and then for mouth phase who do i want I've, like, forgotten every show we've seen. I will go with Jasmine. What's uh, Jasmine? What what did we see? Uh, She's in Hamilton. Yeah, Jasmine. 
Jasmine, Jasmine Cephas Jones. Yeah, I think her is the daughter. Lovely. So, yeah, that's my on-the-fly casting of The Trail to Oregon. Fantastic. And it's one of those shows that um, you can do in, like, th- two weeks of rehearsals. Just give them the script, bang, let them go. Yeah. You know, it's available for high schools now. There we go. Amazing. That's That'll be coming to Exeter soon, if I can have my way. <laughs> now, Olivia, it's time for our weekly segment of what is on your shuffle today? Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba! Do you want to go first? Okay. My shuffle is Freak Flag. So, actually, a lot of my friends were meant to be in a production of Shrek, which is happening in two months, but obviously that can't happen yeah. now. So I've had that show being sung at me quite a bit. But uh, Shrek is just such a fun show because I'm not a massive fan mm. of movie musicals, as it's been said in last week's episode. Yeah. But then I see the the need for them mm. and to make theatre accessible and all that la-di-da. But Shrek just does it so right and it has the story that people love, yeah. but it's original songs and it kind of develops those characters. What is your choice, oh. Olivia? It has to be good to beat Freak Flag because that is one banging song. I didn't plan it, but from Waitress... Which interesting choice it's actually one of the songs i like the most in waitress so ah. yeah but it's also one of those songs that they perform it quite often live so at west end live they performed it quite a few times I yes think. and it's one of those ones where away from the plot it's really hard to tell how it applies to the story and it, yeah that's true it just kind you of don't know the character. Yeah, but also even in the show, it kind of comes out of the blue in a really random way. Mm. But it's a good song. I like it. Very good song. And uh, finally, we have Gigi playing the recorder badly for Olivia's amusement. Mm. Are you ready for this week's offering? Go for it. town nope if i hum you the melody i do know it i just have forgotten oh my it. god you are not a fan of the show then it's the most famous show no hang on it's <laughs> my famous <laughs> it's the most famous song from one of your favorite shows by angela oh is it don't cry for me argentina there we go. But, like I said in previous episodes, not my favourite song. And so no, you can't blame me for not remembering it because I always skip it. It's quite a famous song, though. I think you're giving the recorder too much credit for what it can do. It really <laughs> can't do much. And uh, on that note, thank you very much for listening to episode four. How have we got this far, Olivia? Uh, so yes, thank you for listening to episode four. We have been at one beginner's call. I have been Gigi. And I have been Olivia. Thank you for listening and stay safe and stay alert. Stay inside. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm cutting that out.